On October 23, 2012, an 18-year-old girl supposedly walks in on a home invasion and is shot dead. But is it simply a case of wrong place, wrong time? Or was she set up? You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Honey Malone. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, frigid, but still moist basement located in the bowels of Georgia. We have survived yet another week of floods and possible school closings. I got out of school Tuesday. I know, man, you lucky bastard. I saw that shit and I was like, what the fuck? Dude, it was amazing. Like, cause it's... No, man, my county was flooded, like for real, and they were calling for another five inches of rain, and we didn't get any, so I had Tuesday off for nothing. I know the rivers are extremely high around here. There's places that I don't remember as a kid holding water. That When I was younger, there was a lot of places where I grew up, there were certain streets that would flood, and so people kind of knew about it, but there's some streets now that flood, but this just goes back to, you know, you there wasn't houses back there before. No, there wasn't global warming. No, 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 no. Climate change. It's not global warming. Yeah, you got to get right. right. It's climate well, change. yeah, it is climate change because people are, but it's cold. <laughs> trying to tell you. <laughs> anyway. Well, we had uh, some traction on our well, latest podcast. Yeah, well, no, let's, let's, that's, that one's bigger than the five-star review. Let's talk about the five-star review first. Yes, we had one five-star review. One five-star review from SBH27, and whomever you are, please reach out to me. I would like to know who this is. It says, better podcaster than a BJJ competitor. (laughs) Throwing shade. Throwing a little shade on me. Great listen, nicer guys. Well, guy, I know coach. Like the diverse cases, keep it coming. So, clearly, you know me personally. Because if you know that I'm a better podcaster than a BJJ competitor, which I wouldn't say I'm be- very good at either, either one, but it's fair to say I'm better podcaster. So we do appreciate the rating. Thank you for your support and your listens. But please contact me on Facebook on my personal account so we can discuss your comment. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, I was listening to another podcast, Necronomapod, and they were talking about how. They have figured out that the Apple iTunes podcast app, that whole thing is shady. Um, They cracked, yeah, they cracked the top 200, and they have a huge following. And they said that they had done some research, and there are a lot of podcasts that have less reviews, lower star ratings than them, that have cracked the top 25. And so they said it was extremely... Just because you get bad reviews doesn't mean you don't have listeners, though. Odd. Well, true, but they just found it odd. And then somebody said, one of the guys said that they had heard that a lot of your top podcasts that don't have that many followers have bots. So, I mean, that... Yes well, the no, more po- the more popular you are, the more likely you're going to get somebody that gives you a negative review just for the fuck of it. 
Yeah. I mean, we've Trust got us. we've got one one star review, which I wish you would reconsider. But at the time, it was one hundred percent accurate. True. But <laughs> we've got every we got a two star review, but a two star rating from somebody, but they didn't leave a review. But we have actual one star review, and then everything else is five stars. But we only have thirty three. But yeah. we're five star rated uh, podcast. They've got some traction on CastBox, and I think that's where we need to, not CastBox in general, but we need to really get our listeners to hit us up on reviews for other podcast apps. I know Stitcher, you can go on Stitcher, the desktop version, and leave a review for your podcast. You can't do it through the app. Mm. And so once I figure that out, we'll leave some instructions. desktops anymore. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about the really good, the super cool thing we got on Instagram. Yes, uh, yesterday, which at this time would have been my wife's birthday, oh. February 13th. Wow, you get, we, you get to knock out Valentine's and her birthday? Yeah, brother. Back to back. Yeah. She so, got one, She got a left ear ring and a right ear ring. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. My wife and I, we do not celebrate Valentine's Day. Today, yeah. we, whenever you're listening to this, this is Valentine's Day 2020. Friday, February 14th, and thank God. Yeah, made-up holiday. My wife yeah. has seen it, and we get each other a card and a bag of candy, we like a little bitty bag of candy, we, but that's we about got it. No, we got each other nothing, and we're perfectly happy with that. I don't need a special day No, that's my to love my wife. Yeah. I love my wife every damn day. So, But getting to what we originally discussed instead of the made-up holiday, it was our previous episode on Mr. Thomas Brown and the investigation firm that is championing his cause right now, uh, Klein Investigations. Uh, we tagged them in our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, posts, and they left us an awesome comment and they said, enjoyed listening to your podcast on Thomas. Very great overview on all the main points. Thanks for covering it and helping spread awareness. Hashtag find Thomas Brown's killer. And about three hours later, they actually started following us on Facebook, I mean, Instagram. So thank you, Klein Investigations. We really appreciate That's the awesome. Words. I mean, for the people that are actually factually researching the case to give us a compliment well to listen to the entire podcast yeah it really makes us feel good because we're clearly doing something right and i'm blown away by that that's 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 awesome man just just the fact that they took the time to tell us that they listened and we did a great overview i think that that really says that we are on the right track so we uh did post several things about Thomas's case so please check us out you know we've got the luminol pictures up we've got the signs that were vandalized and then we have our usual episode drop posts so thanks again Klein Investigations they do an awesome job I do believe I posted the link to the San Antonio News Channel 7 episode that they did where they interviewed the owner of Klein and he did a great job. He's very passionate about all of his cases and again our heart goes out to Thomas's family and we hope that you know maybe we have some small part in getting the word out 
so that some people start talking and, and get his case solved. Uh, tonight we're drinking Terrapin uh, Beer Company from Athens, Georgia. We're drinking their Recreation Ale. It is a session IPA, very low alcohol, so. But it is very tasty. Terrapin happens to be the only brewery owned by InBev that I still support because I loved it when it was just Terrapin, so I can't help but still love them. They used to make my all-time favorite beer ever, and they stopped making it. It was Hop Karma, and it was a brown IPA. It was so good. That's like Monday night had an eye patch ale, and they stopped making it, and it was delicious. Well, this one, you know, it's a brown ale that just had a ton of hops in it, so it had a whole lot of malt flavor and a whole lot of hop flavor. Put it together, you got one damn good beer. So if anyone from Terrapin is listening, bring that shit back. And... It's also the only thing from Athens that I will support. Oh, there we go. I will go. not support any other again. entity or football team from Athens, Georgia. Greatest college town in the South. <laughs> I don't think so. I believe that's 100% accurate statement. I'm a Tennessee fan, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Baton Rouge is better. Hey, you're probably right. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong in in, in Baton Rouge, Tiger Country, I with mean, the food. If, the, you're, if you are an LSU fan, and you, I'm pretty sure that's probably the greatest place on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, truth be told, you know, you have a lot of – like, I'm a New York Giants fan, and I've been – when they come – when they play the Falcons, I always go. Every time I have a terrible experience. Falcons fans always – awful. They won't fight. They just won't fight, and I'm not. I'm not about that life. I fight every single day I train, but I'm not getting in a fight in a street fight. I ain't. I ain't about that. But every time I go, somebody's got to say. Somebody something. tries to fight. Like literally tries to fight me. But I went to um, Tennessee Alabama game one time, uh, and it was the the game where Tennessee beat them in overtime. So you know, it was a while back. <laughs> but man, they were awesome. It was like I figured out. I sit right in the student section. I didn't wear a Tennessee shirt. I ain't that stupid. But my buddy was going to college there at the time. And, man, they were pretty nice. We uh, went to a game and wound up. This was, God, long time ago. We went to a Georgia-Georgia Tech game in the rain and wound up sitting in the fan section for Tech. Oh, wow. And two of my buddies are huge Georgia fans, and they were hammered. <laughs> and to be honest with you, nobody – we didn't show our ass, amazingly. Uh, we did, did cheer and all that stuff when they scored, but everybody around us was super nice. It was a, really a family atmosphere for four college kids sitting in the wrong section. They were extremely nice. And, yeah. and, and to be honest, we, we had some great conversations about, I think, just college football in general. But it just goes to prove that every team has their rabid – delusional fans i mean we could we could go through everything in the under the sun but well um i'll give georgia fans a little credit too i was at the tennessee georgia game at georgia uh the game that tennessee beat them on the hail mary so you know the wife and i were going ape shit crazy you know georgia took the lead with like seven seconds to go tennessee got the kickoff and threw hail mary and won we went ape shit and to Georgia fans around us credit, they were very humble and they congratulated us. Said, Man, that was a good game. Man, it sucks we lost, but congratulations, y'all. Y'all enjoy the day. That I was like, fuck, man, because I, I mean, how could you not as a sports fan wild out when your team wins like that? 
Or just tip your hat at a, at a team winning like that. Dude, I mean, but, like, so I acted a fool for about 30 seconds. So I wouldn't have been upset at all if they would have been mad. But to their credit, they were nice people. So, anyway, that's a long-ass tangent. Big long. So let's get into the case at hand. All right. And that is the case of Miss Vanessa Honey Malone. And we will post a picture of her. And she was 18 years old. And it has been just over seven years since she was murdered in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Oh, and um, we have to point out the fact that this is a user um, yes. This request. Is a, this is a user request um, case. It's the one we're doing this month. This month. So, if you have a user request, please please let us know. We'll we'll add it in there. But where did you say she was from? Stone Mountain, Georgia. Oh, the home of the world's largest participation trophy. That is true. <laughs> it is true. It's also home of the same world's largest light show. <laughs> Listen, uh, funny story. Um. By the time I almost got murdered by my wife, we were um, running late, but we were going to Snow Mountain at Stone Mountain, which, if for those that don't know, it's an artificial ski park that they blow snow, uh, and you just slide down in um, inner tubes. But um, we were running late, and we had to get there. So she's like, put it in Google, put it in Google. But to Google it properly, you put Snow Mountain at Stone Mountain. Or you just Google Stone Mountain. I Googled Snow Mountain, and I put the address in, and we're about it. We're about half a mile away, and she's looking around at this industrial, uh, busy city type thing, and she's like, um, "I don't think this is. I it. don't think this is a state park." And it says you have arrived. And about that time, we looked up, and there was Snow Mountain snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> taking us 35 minutes out of the way to College Park. Sweet. <laughs> it's not as bad as... Uh, she like No, she's seriously like... She doesn't typically lose her shit, but since we were late and she was stressed... Stressed she, anyway? She lost her shit, man. She got out of the car and like paced around it like three times while I'm just sitting there like... And my buddy and his wife are in the back and they're like, you fucked up. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, but don't draw attention to it. Yeah. Like, and bad part is we didn't even get snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> so on the evening of October 23rd, 2012, 18-year-old Vanessa Honey Malone came home from her job in Stone Mountain. And she was telling her mother, Flora, who had picked her up, that she was extremely tired after a long day at work. She gets home, goes to her room, um... Flora states, and that's her mother, states that uh, she came back out and said that she was going to go out to visit some friends. And so Flora didn't think anything about it because Honey's 18, uh, you know, teenagers hit that second, third, fourth win, and she didn't really give it much thought. But she did note that Honey came around to find her to tell her goodbye and that she loved her and she always always loved her and um that's kind of strange the way she words it even her mom's like yeah it just took me aback i don't know she said it kind of yeah gave her exactly pause. what about it 
made me think, but it made me think. So she walked out of her and her mother's apartment and walked over to a apartment complex nearby and from what i can gather and i've not really googled it but it's basically across a parking lot there's another complex where two of her friends lived and flora states that it hadn't been very long after honey had left that she heard what she thought were fireworks going off and she picked up the phone and called honey's cell phone to make sure that everything was all right but she didn't get an answer, and Flora didn't think anything about it. She was like, you know, it's no big deal. Just trying to check in. Honey's older sister, Cassandra Kennedy, states that at first she didn't think anything about it, that this had happened before where Honey would turn off her cell phone to, to preserve the battery, and, you know, when she didn't give it much thought. She did become concerned when she started to hear sirens and so she called again honey didn't pick up and by this time flora her mom was freaking out and there is a dateline episode that covers this that i could not find on the interwebs but i did not search real real hard i'm sure you could probably find it if you got on nbc's website flora's concern and we've talked about this before a mother's intuition basically kicked in and shortly after calling honey's cell phone she heard a knock at the door and this was honey's former boyfriend to kevin and his friend chris they told flora that something had happened to honey and she immediately called her oldest daughter cassandra again and so when cassandra got to her mother's apartment they rushed over to where the emergency vehicles were at and started asking police hey what's going on we've heard that there may be something dealing with our daughter police would not confirm whether she was in the apartment that was in question and it wasn't until after 2 a.m. that they would find out that she was murdered So, so sad man like I don't know yeah, it's 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 it is extremely tragic. Um, police conducted their initial investigation and interviewed the two. I'm not gonna say gentlemen, but the two male occupants of the apartment, and they, along with the police, settled on the theory that Honey had walked in on an armed robbery or a home invasion. The two men that owned the apartment stated that a group of three to six men dressed in black with guns had kicked open the apartment door shortly before honey arrived and tied them up at gunpoint one i believe with a belt and the other one with an electrical cord and put them in the bathroom actually in the tub and police believe that when honey arrived she walked into the apartment, realized something was going on, turned around to run away, and was shot in the back in the process. The assailants then drag her yeah, into they, a closet. What they do is just so, like, I mean, I, 
I guess I would use the word disrespectful, but man, it's just like, yeah, they just like drag her. Drag her back into the closet. Throw her in a closet. Like, literally, just throw her in a closet. And it's then, like so disrespectful. And I mean, murder is pretty disrespectful, yeah. to be honest, but I don't know. It's just a little bit of extra cruelty, if you ask me. They throw her in the closet, and then they shoot her a second time right in the heart. Supposedly, the two men state that from the bathroom they had heard a scream followed by a gunshot and then they state that they struggled to untie themselves after it had been quiet for a couple of minutes this is the first what the fuck because they never state that they heard two gunshots oh yeah so that's interesting very very odd um but you you also have to consider the fact that if it's legit, you know. Their their adrenaline's pumping. They're scared. They're whatever. So you, but not hearing a second gunshot—that's kind of crazy. Well, Cassandra, the oldest daughter, and Honey's sister would go on record and state that they have no doubt in their mind that the armed robbery, home invasion story is false. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, though. And what they tie it to is the only thing taken out of the apartment was Honey's cell phone. And if you're doing a home invasion, you know, you're you're not just going to take some random girl that walks in on your robbery cell phone. Yeah. But here's here, here's the thing. And we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk about it later, but I'm going to poke a hole in that. They could have taken something that wasn't reported. True. Because True. they're drug dealers. Yeah. They could have had a shitload of drugs taken. And you're not going to say, hey, man, I'm missing eight pounds of marijuana. Oh, man, they took my 19 pounds of crack. Yeah. I want my crack back. (laughs) Like, no. So, though they have a point, and we'll we'll touch on it, but it's completely plausible that they took something that they couldn't report. And a lot of people that lived in the area that were interviewed by Dateline and the local media, the Atlanta Journal and Constitution and all the major news stations in Atlanta have stated that they believe that there are missing items like you indicated and it was a drug-related robbery and so they probably walked out with a lot of cash and a lot of drugs. One thing that Flora and Cassandra state is that like most 18 year olds if she had walked in and they said sit down or I'll shoot you she's you know she thinks she's 10 foot tall and bulletproof and she had a little spunk on her and had a mouth on her they say and probably turned around and said all right do it and so but that's still you know I I read that and it's in most articles that deal with this if she's shot in the back, I don't see her saying that, you know? Yeah. It would make more sense if she was only shot once in the chest, but that's just my opinion. Well, you know what they say. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one, and most of them are stinky. <laughs> well, Channel 2 in Atlanta, WSB-TV, had conducted an interview with the older sister, Cassandra, and she's on record as stating that I'm the big sister and I was supposed to always be able to protect her. We just want justice. We want to know who did it and why they did it. And she also reveals that 
they believe, the family believes, that Honey's friends know more than they're saying. And she understands that law enforcement is working hard, but she feels like that this is not really a priority case. And she understands that most police forces are understaffed and they have other pressing things to do, but she states that her sister is just as important as anything else. I will say on that side, there is a about a 15-minute YouTube video we'll post the link to that the local Crime Stoppers or True Crime Daily um, in Atlanta did, and they in they interview uh, one of the officers, and he states that he has a picture of Honey on his desk every day he walks in. He sees her. You gotta admire, like, you know, in some cases we we're highly critical of uh, police, but I think we're I think it's fair when we do. We don't go out of our way to be critical of police work. But that, that's admirable right there. That he's so concerned that he literally is... That is a visual reminder. And you can't understate um, how big that is. Yeah, I mean, and, and you can tell when in the interview that he's very genuine. Uh, he states that he walks in, he sees her picture. It reminds him that, you know, he's got to take care of that case. And so he, he stated that when he gets a moment... He'll try to read back over the evidence log. He'll read over the case files and and see if he's missed anything. But they're really hopeful. The family is, and also law enforcement is extremely hopeful that uh, DNA DNA testing will lead to the killer's identity. And so they're trying to find just a general description of the killer's appearance, any genetic traits. They are more sure that honey knew her killer which would be more likely as to why she would just go over to an apartment complex even though she was extremely tired and again the family is on record stating that they feel like she was lured to that apartment for the sole purpose of murdering her the cab county police are in charge of the investigation they have a detective assigned to the case as well as uh, a chief investigator and the detective is the gentleman that we were speaking about that has the picture of honey on his desk it is or it does need to be stated that within recent times I'll stay even back going back to when the murder occurred in 2012 Stone Mountain downtown Stone Mountain it's a nice-looking Main Street, but it has been ranked as one of Georgia's top crime cities. Yeah, you don't you don't really go there. No, I um, mean it's still even though it's one of the highest uh, crime rate city. In, uh, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it has one of the highest crime rates in Georgia. It's still relatively safe. I mean, come on. We overestimate the amount and, of crime going on. Well, and those statistics take in all types of crimes. It's not just murder. So a lot of times, yeah. you, you know, you have this false sense of, well, everybody's shooting everybody. No, this isn't Chicago. This is... I've been to Chicago. Super nice people. Everyone I ran into. You were in the daytime. No, I went out. I went out, <laughs> I went out at night. Um, I loved it when I said, ma'am. Oh, yeah, they eat oh, that God. shit up. That was like... Um, Where are you from, boy? 
she bartender was like, "Oh my god, like, well, you're not from around here." I was like, "Was my accent that bad?" She was like, "Nope." <laughs> you called me ma'am. I was like, "They don't do that around here." She said, "Fuck no." <laughs> <laughs> the police detective that we have been referencing, his name is Courtney Brown, and he was one of the first on the scene of the shooting. And he states that from his investigation, he has learned that the apartment was a very, very busy place. And many people were coming to and fro from that apartment. Yeah. Bad sign. Yes, very bad sign. So here we get into one of my favorite parts of a lot of the true crime. And that is the nicknames that some of these geniuses carry with them. Some of Honey's, quote, friends were names like Spoon, Mercy. <laughs> dude. No, no, the best one is Yak. Nah, well, that is a good one, but I like Spoon. That's a good name. That's awesome. That's yeah. Spoon. Spoon coming. Spoon coming. Spoon coming over. Spoon coming he over. He bringing Yak and, and, and Mercy. <laughs> he bringing Yak. Yak going to be there. That's S- awesome. So, the other police detective, Mr. Lynn Schuler, states basically... That he feels like Honey got caught up in hanging out with the wrong crew. And he doesn't pull any punches and states, and I quote, It was a dope house. We believe they sold marijuana and cocaine out of there. As much as they have investigated this and know that it's a high traffic apartment, and like we stated, you know, just because the two occupants are not Dating what was stolen would lead you to believe that stuff that was stolen was not something they could report. It could have been anything from, you know, illegal guns to dope to cash. You know, it's it's crazy. But they did show, and I don't know if this was a reenactment on the True Crime Daily video, the apartment door, and it ha- it literally had a boot print on it. So I don't know if you know, like the the frame of the door was busted open, but it does look like in that video the door was kicked open. Uh, Detective Schuler says that he believes it was a home invasion robbery, and the main purpose was to steal the drugs and the money. But again, he says he has no proof of that. And I go back to the two men that were in the apartment. They can't tell whether it was three or six men. I know shit goes sideways and you're about to crap your pants if someone kicks open your door and pulls a gun on you. But I would hope that I could be cognizant enough to say how many people were in the room. Yeah, you're going to be able to... You're going to know that. Don't don't feed me that horse shit. Now, they... The two men... And it's awful hard not to say that. But the two men state that they were beaten up and tied up like we said you know one was an electric cord and i'm sorry it was not electric cord from a a lamp it was electric cord from a razor and a belt i've got some belts i don't know if i could tie somebody up real well with a belt but yeah be difficult so detective Schuler says that he believes that while the robbers were ransacking the apartment is when Honey walked in and when she realized that was not the two that owned the apartment and turned to leave that's when she was shot. Let's pause there for a second. 
if I'm coming over to some friend's house when I was 18 and the door's standing wide open and if the door frame is busted, I don't believe I'm going inside. And nobody has stated whether that was the case. So that leads more credence to the theory that she was lured to the apartment. In that same video that we have been referencing that starts off with a shitty Georgia statute, several years, and I will say five years after the murder, a young couple rent the apartment. And they walk in to start moving their stuff in, and there's red stains leading down the hallway and into a closet. That's never good. No. And so the <laughs> landlord slash apartment manager tells them that it was just fruit punch stains. And so the lady states that she had some peroxide and she wanted to know for real. And so she said she sprayed the red stains and they immediately started to bubble. Boys and girls, if you didn't know, if you put peroxide on blood, it bubbles real bad. Yeah. So she knew immediately. And what I stated earlier about the Georgia statute, in the state of Georgia, a landlord or a real estate agent does not have to disclose that there was a murder in the house unless the buyer or renter specifically asks about the specific murder. That's, yeah, that is insane. Fucked up. That is fucked up, dude. Like, so if you don't know the exact... <laughs> The exact name of the victim and the, the circumstances, you don't you don't have to know. They don't have to disclose it. They don't have to tell you, which is crazy. And the gentleman that was renter rentering That was rentering? Yeah. The gentleman that was renting the apartment stated that he did some background information, Googling, got on the old Google machine and realized real quick, hey, there was a murder in here. It's worth a Google. It definitely is. Getting back to the case, investigators found two shell casings from the bullets that killed Honey, as well as shoe pr a shoe print on the front door and in the gravel. Outside, and here's a little what the fuck, they found small drops of blood that were not from Honey. Ooh, that's interesting. Detective Shuler states that he talked to a neighbor that saw the suspects leave the apartment. And he states that there was a confrontation of some sort in the parking lot. And he thinks that one of the suspects was shot in the leg because another suspect was helping him to the car. So detectives doing their due diligence checked with all of the hospitals in the Atlanta metro area and then they went outside of that to all of the surrounding counties and checked to see if anybody had come in with a gunshot wound to the leg mm -hmm. and they say, state that they did not find any reports of any gunshots to the leg as well as chased down any gunshot wounds and determined that there wasn't anything out of the ordinary and Detective Schuler says that he believes that they either traveled out of state or there was a neighborhood doctor that sewed them up. Where, where are you going to get a neighborhood doctor that is going to do that on the down low? 
Well, I I think doctor is kind of a the correct terminology there. I think that's a somebody's hooked on some painkillers and they used to be a medic somewhere. And now that's a little more realistic. Yeah, but I, well, so there's Stone Mountain, so you could. I mean, it's not too far from South Carolina. It's no, realistic, you could go to South Carolina. It's also realistic you come uh, 75 and go to Chattanooga. Yeah, or just hit 20 and go to Alabama. From Stone Mountain, though? Ain't that on the, it's on the east side. It is, but, I mean, you're talking about they're still in metro Atlanta. You're looking at two hours. That's true. I mean, if they're willing to tie someone up with a belt. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true. It's about, same, it's about the same amount of time it takes to get to Chattanooga. True. That is true. But, God, could you imagine just, like, fucking... Just riding that far to get medical treatment. I don't think that happened. No, I don't either. I don't lead a whole lot of credence to that because there's not a lot of people that state that they heard more than a couple of gunshots that night. So Detective Brown is the gentleman that has the picture of Honey on his desk. And he states that he believes that the men in question, he feels like they believed that Honey either knew something or they thought she saw something and was afraid that she was going to say something. Well, I mean, that that's definitely possible because I mean, you're you're not you're not hanging out in the best group, no, you you're know. Not. It's just when there's drugs involved, there's going to be some sketchy shit going on. That just that's the ter- that's the gig, man. Yeah, that like, is it. Unfortunately, like there's nothing else you can. You lie with dogs, you get fleas. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true, but my the mom would go on record stating that she is 100 percent certain that if Honey saw a kicked-in door, she would not walk in to see what was going on. That's not her, and so she said that leads her even more well to the fact that she was lured there though i agree with that in a lot of ways um you would think a person would have enough sense but that's also her destination that's where she was going she that's her quote unquote friends, friends in there yeah. so she's she may went in there thinking to, that she might to check on yeah. them, see if everything's okay maybe she thought that it was a a robbery that has ended, not a robbery in progress. Right. You know. That that is true. I mean and they said that she was a very um outgoing young lady that she loved to talk to people. She never met a stranger. You know, she'd always try strike up a conversation. Yeah. So, you know, that does unlike that me, does I I always meet strangers. I, I don't like to talk to people. Let's get to one of the glaring what the fucks and that is her cell phone and police state that they tracked her cell phone after uh, they determined that it was missing and they located it half a mile away where it never moved again until the battery died now detective Schuler is on record stating that he believes it was stolen during the incident on the sheer fact that they could resell it on the street. Yeah, and the the thing I saw with the family, they were like, "What do you need her cell phone for? What I mean, what, what's the point? You already killed her. Why do you need her cell phone? Clearly, you can sell it. 
I'll go even one further with that. If they think she saw something or knew something, they're going to go through it. Well, that's that's on their side. I'm talking about just a random home invasion type thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They take her phone. Uh, you can sell it. That's a, you, easily. And I promise you, if it was a true home invasion, they stole the drugs. Oh, yeah. They stole the drugs. They and probably, and I hate to say this, and this sounds morbid, but as they're dragging her to that closet, her cell phone could have just easily fallen out of her pants. Yeah, and they just scoop it up yeah. and put it in the pocket. Yeah. And like, as they're driving away, they're like, oh, fuck, I don't need this. And, yeah. like, throw awesome. it out. Yeah, like, that could have easily happened. But, yeah, I promise you, if it's a genuine home invasion, there was way more taken out of that house than just a cell phone. They took all the drugs, yes, sir. all the money, and the people that were left there tied up, not going to report the drugs being stolen. No. You just don't do it. I mean, truthfully, you don't talk to the police anyway. No. That's that's going to be, that's that's widely known. You snitches get stitches. Snitches get stitches. Or you don't, snitches are found in ditches. Yeah, you don't talk to the police when you're in a nefarious lifestyle. No. If you're dealing drugs... If you are stealing from people, I mean, or you just, you don't talk to the cops because you're going to get revenge yourself. You don't, you don't do it. No, and that's the worst thing to do in that situation. Even if you're not in that scene, if you're caught talking to police, oh, you yeah. might as well paint a target on your back. Yeah, if you, yeah, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Um, Man, I knew a guy in high school, uh, well, right after, about probably two years out of high school, he got pulled over with a shitload of stuff he shouldn't have had. And they let him out of jail. He was out three hours later. He didn't just roll. He somersaulted on some motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, (laughs) I was like, thank God I am not, I am not with you. I am not in this scene. But, man, I heard about it, and I was like, dude, it ain't going to, I will not be surprised if this motherfucker ends up dead. Yeah. But he's he's alive and well. Got some kids. Doing good. But good for him. Whew. Honey's sister, Cassandra, tells True Crime Daily, I don't think that the story they gave police is accurate. And she's talking about the two men that were in the apartment. She says, you are a thug. You sell drugs. You got all these weapons and you're scared. You were scared to untie yourself, and you had to wait until these three or six men left before you untied yourselves? Well, first of all, I will poke a hole in that, and I understand what where she's coming from. But somebody gets the drop on you. They get the drop on you. It don't matter how many damn guns I have in the other room. Right, I don't have any on me. There's a gun in my face. Yeah. Now, her friends that we went over... Spoon, Yak, and Mercy. Well, we will now give the gentlemen... God, I keep saying it. They're not gentlemen. That's why I keep getting upset. The two men that were tied up in the shower together, that would be Yak and Mercy. Spoon not there? Spoon not there, man. Spoon done split. Now, police have gone on record stating that they are not officially suspects or persons of interest at this time. Detective Schuler states, I would say a main person of interest in this case will always be Mercy. 
based on the statements I've reviewed and the evidence that I've looked at. He was very deep into the dope game, and it seems like he ran the business out of that house. Mercy was charged, however, with theft by receiving stolen property and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. He pled guilty and was sentenced to a year in jail. And Mr. Yak pled guilty to violating the Controlled Substance Act and tampering with evidence. Uh-oh. Yeah. I mean... And they, they tend to frown upon that sort of stuff. And here's a shocker. Neither man, Yak or Mercy, would respond to True Crime Daily's request for a comment. And I will say this, and it... it you know, on the police side of it, it's very difficult for police detectives. It's not what... You can't go to a grand jury with what you believe happened. You have to go to a grand jury with what you can prove happened. And both of the detectives state that there are a lot of theories out there, but theories alone don't solve murder cases and don't get convictions. Hard evidence does. Now, within... I would say the last year and a half, there was a break in the case. Uh, Detective Schuler states that one of the per- people identified as a person of interest in the case was arrested with a firearm. It was a 9mm, and the two shell casings that they found at the scene were 9mm shell casings. And they're hoping that it would it will match. Well, it might, but I promise you there's a shitload of 9mm in Atlanta. Yeah, and he says that... Hell, Kennesaw, you have to own a gun. Yeah, I know. Great. <laughs> that's that's the best. I know it ain't the same place, but... <laughs> he states that they know who the gun belongs to, and if it comes back as a match, then they're pretty close to solving it. He says that the bullet found within the gun battle that they confiscated from the gun owner could be the same type of ammunition that the shell casings came from. But they have turned this evidence over to the GBI, and as of this recording, there is nothing out there stating what the GBI has found. Now, side note, about a year and a half ago, I had grand jury duty, and that was the best thing ever. If you ever get a chance to be on the grand jury, I highly suggest it. Dude, I was on a jury once. I was, I was, they were going to choose the jury, you know. And the case was, a man got arrested for being drunk. In public? In public. He was drunk, and he damaged some property. Not much. And he cussed out the cops. And they wanted to give this motherfucker a a year. (laughs) A year. But he was drunk in a bar. Um, And they threw him in the public. And I got tossed out by his defense attorney she tossed me out if you look me in the face you can tell that i've been drunk and disorderly in my life <laughs> you want me on that wall you, you need, need me, me on, on that, that wall like how can you get rid of me there's no way i'm sending a man to jail for a year for something i've done a thousand times in my life true <laughs> like who hasn't got drunk and destroyed a little property and cussed out a cop? <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, back to my sorry grand jury. My apologies. About two years ago, so we're looking about the time the uh, the gun was found. The GBI crime lab had two main scientists, 
workers, whatever you want to call them. Well, they realized that they could make a shit ton more money doing that same job, not working for the state, and they both quit at the same time. So there is a huge backlog of evidence at the crime lab. So while that doesn't help this case in any matter, it does shine a little light on why it's taking the GBI so long to match the gun and the bullets. So we get to our theories, and this is probably one of the shorter theories segment, but I believe the the family and the even though the the police have not come out and stated exactly their theories, I think you can kind of read between the lines. I think she was set up i mean all the all the information that I researched, all the uh interviews with the police and the family I mean it leads credence that that she was set up now playing devil's advocate on that theory i mean she could have just been a naive 18 year old girl walks that is going to see her friends and she you know sees a door kicked in thinks that her friends are in trouble and walks in realizes real quick oh shit i have stepped into a hornet's nest turns to leave and is shot yeah it's plausible but I feel like that's not the likely situation. I feel like being the social butterfly that she had the reputation of being, I think that she may have been around something that the people involved thought that she might say something or she saw something that she wasn't supposed to. Hopefully that the evidence with the GBI does pan out and they can find the murderer. Now, again, you know... We keep referencing it, but, you know, please watch that True Crime Daily video. It's about 14, 15 minutes. They show some pictures of the three amigos, Spoon Yak, and Mercy. And if you post pictures on your social media of you holding semi-automatic Uzi-looking type weapons and you're a convicted felon, you're not doing yourself a whole lot of favor there. It's my two cents. What you got there, buddy? Um, well, I'm kind of on the fence. I mean, it it would make sense that that she was set up, and that's just part of the gig, man. If you hanging out with these type of people that are doing bad things, you know, it could easily happen. But I do think that it's kind of plausible that that this is a known drug house people are taking advantage of that the fact that they just bust in to rob these guys and she comes in she, she she's gonna check on her friends yeah I mean yeah she's a smart girl and uh but this is the that, that was her destination yeah and I think maybe she, she didn't even realize the door was kicked in maybe she was just like these crazy motherfuckers left the door open yeah. they so crazy they, they must be high and that may be true. I mean, she may have come over there and then be stoned out of their minds. Yeah. And walk in and they don't know who the hell's coming and going. Yeah, it's possible. So I really don't know. I just do know that it's very sad that it's an unsolved murder. And I mean, she was 18 years old. That's just... And in gorgeous eyes. And they said that was her most intoxicating Yeah, you better be trait. she's 18 saying that shit. She had those green, just... 
you know, greeting in gold is what it looks. And I know pictures probably don't do them justice, but her sister is on record stating that she wished she had her eyes because they were so intoxicated. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's rare. Green eyes are uh, uh, much more rare than blue or brown, for yeah. sure. So. Well, let's get into our recommendations. I will recommend the YouTube video of True Crime Daily on this this case. There's also another two-part video of a local lady. It's hard to watch. It would be one of those that I would suggest you turn on and listen to. She does a good job about going over the, the facts. In part one, in part two, she goes over a lot of the the conjecture that we discussed. Uh, but just, you know, get on YouTube, Google Vanessa Honey Malone, and there's about four or five videos the True Crime Daily will post the link to, but that's my recommendations for the week. What you got there, bub? Well, I'm going to recommend that you send us questions. We're going to do a, a Ask Us Anything episode, like do a little mini mini-sode of just us asking random questions. So if you have questions, any anything, it doesn't even have to be about mysteries or whatever. You just make it, it, don't limit yourself. If you have a question you'd like to ask us, send us a, send us a Send us on any form of social media, and we'll include it. Give you a shout-out if you want us to. If you don't, say no. But uh, also, if you have a recommendation of a, of a specific case, or if you just have a recommendation of the type of case, because I'm I'm personally trying to get more of the just mystery, mystery type stuff. I want to keep that going a little bit because we can easily just turn into an unsolved crime podcast and that's not exactly even though we love to cover unsolved crimes and we've had some great user submitted absolutely some of them like most of them never heard of them when i looked them up i was like fuck we gotta do that and like i said my list is over 100 cases and i would say 80 of them are unsolved crimes but if you have a genre that you want us to t- touch that we haven't, like somebody that just disappeared and there's no crime, uh, bank robbery or uh, a, a specific cryptid or UFO, what, it, whatever, just just let us know. Give us some good feedback. I absolutely love the feedback. Yes, I do I too. I love the interaction with random fucking people that I've never met that are like, man, I love your podcast. Do this. I love this. Do this. Yeah, I, it's I like go, a, it's like honestly, it's like a high, man. Seriously. It is. It's, I go back to to Walker, Texas Ranger. That young man has put us on some doozies, man. Yeah, we well, need to hear from him again. He has done a tremendous job. But again, if you would like any of our stickers, you know, three dollars to your door gets you a sticker. You'd be repping the the logo. Uh, we are looking at maybe some more merchandise in the future. We'll let you know. Like Coach said, we'd love to do a question and answer episode. We'd like to do some uh, just, you know, like fresh topics, too, that there's not a whole lot on that we just kind of, you know, you give us a topic, we research it. If it's new, we just give our two cents and we just move on. You know, we could do ten of those in an episode. That's true, yeah. You know, there's some things that we could have some fun with. We could do a Florida Man episode, see if we could find Patient Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well you got anything else there slug I think we're good brother well that's awesome man so uh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, deuces.